real estate is typically slower to adopt technology. So really what COVID did is caused what we would consider a consumer earthquake. It took a process that probably would have taken a number of years and really made it happen overnight. You're listening to Modern Multifamily, a podcast that inspires industry operators and suppliers to think bigger. My name is Mike Wolber, the Chief Revenue Officer of Brent Dynamics, and in this show, I'm sitting down with leaders across the multifamily industry to discuss topics tied to innovation, technology, and improving renter experiences. Virtual leasing is in the early days in multifamily. Peak is a virtual leasing platform that's experienced some hypergrowth over the past 12 plus months in this pandemic. And hearing directly from Rob and Chris was really fun. They both joined the industry from outside. They shared their unique perspectives, not just on virtual leasing, but why they're so bullish on this category in the multifamily space. And I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Let's get into it. Rob and Chris, thanks a ton for joining today. Uh, I'd love to kick things off with just brief backgrounds with each of you. Rob, why don't you go first, and then we'll follow up with Chris. Yeah, thanks so much for having us, Mike. We're, we're super excited to be here. So just a little bit of background on myself. I'm head of partnerships here at Peak. I'm heavily involved in the company uh, when it comes to both prospective customers uh, evaluating Peak, but then also customers implementing uh, virtual leasing. Over the last year, I've helped hundreds of communities across the U.S. adopt virtual leasing, so uh, excited to share some of the insights that we found over this past year. Uh, previously, I was at LinkedIn where I sold the Sales Navigator product. And what we were doing there is we were helping companies shift away from traditional sales methods uh, by incorporating technology and LinkedIn data into their process. So there's a lot of parallels and similarities here with virtual leasing. We're ultimately helping multifamily managers uh, to shift away from, from outdated methods and use technology to make their process more efficient uh, on a personal level. I'm a traveler and an athlete, so recently did a trip where I covered 12 countries in 12 months. And I was uh, back in college, I was a Division I swimmer at Columbia University in New York. And uh, before the pandemic, I, I did dabble in triathlons and some open water swims. Jeez, there we go. Well, <laughs> well Chris, I'll, uh, I'll see if you can top that. Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> a lot. Um, I don't think I can top that, but... Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks again for having us on, Mike. Um, so I'm Chris Castulis. I'm the co-founder and the uh, COO here at Peak. Uh, so a little bit of background about myself. So I, I'm actually a native New Yorker. So I've always been uh, been kind of around the New York area. I studied computer science in college, um, and quickly after ended up not using any of those skills. Went down to Wall Street, where I was a convertible bonds and derivatives trader for a couple of years. During that time, actually, one of my friends was working for a, a startup, a uh, little startup called Uber at the time, you know, <laughs> chatting with him one day, he's like, hey, there's this really awesome company I just started at, you got to check it out. We're looking for, you know, we're growing so fast, you know, the rest is kind of history. I applied and a couple months later, started as uh, operations and launch manager in uh, New York City. So when I joined Uber, about 300 people helped launch the New Jersey, Connecticut, uh, Long Island markets. And they actually shipped me out to Athens and Greece, where I launched that market as well, which is an interesting, scary experience, but very much fun. Came back to New York, needed an apartment, actually went on, uh, went on Craigslist and ended up subletting from my current co-founder, Austin Lowe. So uh, that's, how, that's how we met. We liked each other enough to, to move into the next apartment together and uh, stayed friends. I moved to San Francisco, worked in a couple other roles at Uber. We stayed friends and, and ended up starting this company together. So pretty, uh, pretty funny story about how we met. 
That's really cool. So, I mean, hearing LinkedIn with you, Rob, hearing Uber, Chris, I mean, you're talking about two premier, you know, hyper growth technology companies, massive footprints worth billions of dollars. I'm also assuming there's some parallels with Rob, the sales technical experience and Chris, the crazy UX and user experience that that is super necessary in Uber. I also don't want to put words in your mouth. How did Peak start? I'm assuming your backgrounds give you both a unique perspective, but but how did Peak begin? Yeah, so Peak actually came out of a frustration of existing solutions. So my co-founder, Austin Lowe, was uh, consulting for a brokerage, a little boutique brokerage in New York City. He was actually helping them automate their application flow. And one of the things that he noticed is he was interacting with agents a lot. And he was kind of like, you know, what, what are agents doing all day? What are, what's a New York City real estate agent's you know, day look like? And one of the things that he found out was that 70% of the time that they were spending was actually on going from place to place, like commuting. So when you kind of like think about there, you're like, wait a minute, there, there's got to be some sort of like efficiency we can gain here. Like there has to be some sort of solution. So of course, you know, virtual tours were the first thing that came to mind. And, you know, in evaluating the existing solutions that were out there, and there are a lot of different interactive virtual tour solutions, right? Um, none of them really could scale across a whole brokerage. So I think he, you know, he tested probably six or seven different ones. Um, they were either too, too slow to create too expensive, too difficult, or they didn't work with existing systems. So really, Peak was born out of that kind of pain point that he experienced at that brokerage. And he basically gave me a call and was like, hey, Chris, I think we've got a really interesting problem here. I know you have experience kind of scaling and launching businesses. Um, let's do this thing. And, and the rest is the rest is history. Got it. So, I mean, you just mentioned, you threw out probably a couple objections that, that folks have when they're looking to potentially explore or invest in virtual leasing. You mentioned they're slow, they're expensive, or, or they, they don't work with current tech. And you guys know just as well as I do, the, the ecosystem of multifamily technology is really deep and also really wide. As you've looked to carve out you know, a niche or a, a specific foothold for yourselves in the virtual leasing category, what does that look like? Are there specific aspects that you're saying we're doing them differently or better or both? Yeah, totally. I think it's a it's a great question. I think there's there's a lot of different solutions and like virtual leasing gets thrown out kind of all over the place in terms of every company has some virtual leasing component. What what we think that we do a little bit differently and kind of our niche is that we're actually like we're tackling and we're honing in on that really critical pain point, right? Which is like literally showings and and showing a, a prospect what their actual home could look like or will look like. Um, we think all the other stuff is really important, but we think we're a little bit unique in our approach in carving out that, that niche. And, and the key for us is really just working well with those other systems that are part of that ecosystem, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, working with your CRM, working with your, your listings management solution, really having that, that virtual replica of the of the apartment that you're going to move into is our is our kind of niche. Got it. So as we think through the ecosystem of virtual leasing in our industry, I can I can think of a couple of vendors that have entered from outside of multifamily, brought an enterprise solution that they were taking to other you know industries or verticals, and then they've kind of wrapped it to to have some some fit. 
in our industry and, you know, instant objections to price there or configuration or integration. I can also think of a couple that have been born out of the pandemic or, or, or recently before the pandemic that I think have made some good traction. Does the ecosystem feel crowded to you in the virtual leasing space? Or do you guys still see that path, even if it's not necessarily straight for how you can find, you know, that, that level of unique that is so important in today's day and age. Yeah. I think that that's also a really, really interesting thought. So I think we're in like a, we're in a prop tech boom, I would say, I don't know if you feel the same way, but, oh, yeah. but, but it's like, it's, it's pretty crazy what's going on. I mean, I think there's, it's like kind of like a perfect storm of, of factors, right? It's like historically, you know, real estate has been a, you can call it a technologically stagnant industry that that's i think that's one piece of it the other is it's easier than ever now logistically to actually start a company and capital is very very readily available so i think like all those factors kind of together are creating this huge prop tech boom and we're seeing all sorts of different companies come out and and be very very interesting solutions all across the board like whether it's resident engagement crm uh you know, amenities for, for residents. There's so many different things that are going on that it's a very exciting time to be in, uh, to be in prop tech. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, it's one of the reasons I started this show was just, there's so much new happening. I think we're at this really exciting, you know, tipping point of so much innovation. I mean, hearing your guys' backgrounds, I mean, LinkedIn and Uber, my background is Nike. Like there's so much that's, that's ready to really, I think, accelerate our industry that I think getting conversations in a consolidated place just to give people that excitement was was you know a fraction yeah. of why I started this. But I, I think you're spot on. I think we're going to see a lot of the tailwinds coming out of COVID to, to all of our advantage, whether you're an owner or a supplier. And I'm, I'm really excited about these next couple of years. Totally. Same here. So Rob, I'm curious, your front lines for the business, your growing peak and as I think through the last, you know, 12 plus months of this pandemic that is um, really starting to feel like we're, we're seeing some light at the end of, end of the tunnel with, you know, vaccinations and some really exciting stuff for the, for the communities, I, I think through the buyer's journey and the, the way that someone goes through the marketing process of evaluating the leasing in, you know, solution, and then of course the actual signing that lease, moving in and becoming a resident. <clears throat> You've got to have some insight. Like, how has it changed over the past twelve months? Like, what what are you seeing, and also what are you hearing? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, and you know, that's you know, every day, that's what I'm having conversations about. So, for some context, I think it's important to also recognize that prior to the pandemic, the world was is really moving in this direction. Uh, if you think about your everyday transactions and, and how you purchase things in general, so there's companies like Amazon and, and of course Uber that have come to dominate traditional industries that were typically done in a traditional way. So for example, they've proven that people will choose an experience that affords them that trust and efficiency. So in the case of Amazon, you know, uh, it is much more valuable to do this on an app over your phone than to drive to, to different stores. Same with Uber, it is much more do this process over the phone, over your, over your smartphone and, and have everything uh, just done in, done in minutes. The buyer journey had already started to begun uh, prior to the pandemic. Actually, like we, we even spoke with a company that started getting virtual content seven years ago. But this is very, yeah, this is very, very few and far between. A vast majority of folks had not really uh, began this process. And, and like we alluded to earlier, real estate is typically slower to adopt technology. So really what COVID did 
is caused what we would consider a consumer earthquake. It took a process that probably would have taken a number of years and really made it happen overnight. So the question is, as we see the light at the end of the tunnel on the pandemic, you know, are things going to go back to normal? What's going to happen? So two really, really powerful stats that I want to talk about today from resources that you've definitely heard of. So the first is Redfin. So Redfin came out with a stat that in 2020, 63% of all home buyers made an offer sight unseen. So that was double the year before. That is a big, big jump. Um, that is showing that people are becoming used to a new way of doing something altogether. The second is the Zillow stat. And I thought this was very fascinating as well. So Zillow comes out with an article saying that 40% of millennials are comfortable buying a home online. And I think that was even followed up with, was it Gen Z was like 36%. So, you know, we're really seeing that a vast majority of the population is comfortable doing these things. And through the article, one of the bullet points was saying, because millennials, this is the generation that is used to Uber, is used to Amazon. They are the ones that market that these changes are going to be here to stay. So as you think through like, it's happening right now. I just sold our house sight unseen. Like I'm definitely experiencing that on the real estate front. But then you also realize that after the past 12 months, people are also antsy to stop elbow bumping and they're probably missing high fives. Like in the, as we fast forward, you know, near term, I do want to talk about long-term with you guys here in a little bit as well. Do you think there's going to be that same level of, yes, we got to keep this up or, or what's your anticipation for coming out of the pandemic, getting back to the new normal, whatever you want to call it? What do you think that's going to look like? Do you think there's going to be more acceleration with this kind of adoption? Do you anticipate some hurdles there? I'm, I'm really curious, come like Q3, Q4, will this still be a spotlight in the industry? Because it because it seems like it's so important and also realizing new efficiencies for all of our business that we can get a lot more done while staying home. But I want to hear your your take, not mine. Yeah. So I have some thoughts on this one. So I think the key here is to think about, okay, let's not think about, oh, well, the pandemic's going to go away. You know, how does this, this change things? Let's think about what are the benefits of virtual leasing? And there are two major things that are happening here. One, there are a lot of benefits that happen for the consumer. So for the prospective resident, I think that's the one that's talked about more. The second are the benefits that come to multifamily management companies and, and leasing operations. And so here's what, here's what we've seen. On the resident side, because there is more trust and, affair and transparency in this process, like we talked about before, um, there are a few major benefits that I don't think people are going to want to let go of. So the first is transparency. So when you have things like virtual assets, you know, highly immersive, accurate representations of the space, you build transparency. And ultimately, what people are doing is they want to they wanna better understand what it is they're evaluating before they commit time and effort. So if you think about what is the cost of using a traditional met method for uh, a resident? Well, imagine you have, you're working from home, you have kids here, a, a dog, whatever it is, you have to take off maybe an hour from your job to leave early to make an appointment that's very inconvenient for you to get to and drive back. And that's just one property or one community being evaluated. Imagine if you're doing this across five communities, there's, there's a very high cost. And, and that's why transparency is very valuable um, to a resident. The second is speed. So in this example that I just gave, it may take you know five to 10 hours to really uh, view enough spaces to feel comfortable making a decision, but you can do this literally in minutes 
when you start the process virtually. And then we, you can you can eventually use that to filter down your top choices and do what we call the sanity check, right? So you filter down to two to three options that you're very confident in and you see those in person. Uh, the third is flexibility. So you can do this anytime, anywhere. You could be you know, from home, uh, you could be on your phone on the go uh, taking part in this process. Um, but also one thing that's under you talked about is what about like the beginning, middle and end of the leasing process? Full tours typically been thought of as a lead gen tool on your website, but what about what about if you couldn't go to the property because you know you're in um, you're in Oregon, but you're evaluating a property in 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 Utah, right? Well, wouldn't it be nice if somebody could walk you through a screen share over Zoom, a leasing uh, leasing professional? And then what about after when you're making your decision? Let's say you saw three units in person, right? I remember my last apartment hunt. You know, I was I was sitting down and. I was with my significant other and we were trying to figure out what did that place look like again? I can't remember it, right? Now you can have a link that you can refer back to. So that's another big benefit. And the last is optionality. So uh, because of the limitations you have with time and resources, you may have to settle. So imagine if you've already taken off, you know, three hours, five hours of work and you don't love the apartment, but it's at the top of your list and you just say, I'm gassed. I don't have time time and resources to just keep doing this process. So what virtual uh, tours and content enable you to do is increase your optionality and, and really never have to settle for anything than your perfect dream home. Okay. So, so that's the residence. I'll just, I'll just pause there because there's a lot to unpack. Well, no, I mean, it, it makes a, it makes a ton of sense. I think going through that process from Oregon to Utah, we're going to be renting an apartment for six months while our new house is being built. I'll tell you that, you know, we're really excited about the apartment that we're going to be in, but I ran into that exact same hurdle myself. I had a, a YouTube video that I was able to watch, but it was for a model unit, not the actual unit that I'm moving into. And so we had to ask the property manager or the leasing agent to, to go to our actual unit to do some measurements for us to see if our king size bed would fit or if our current dining table would fit. And so we're almost like finger in the air right now, hoping that once we get the trucks down there next Thursday, that things fit correctly. And so it's going to be interesting to see if some of the uh, elbow grease paid off or if that ends up being uh, turmoil for us to figure out once we get down there and you you probably both have more friends than I do that are making moves because you're in bigger markets than I am. But I think there is a lot of movement right now because of remote work becoming the norm long-term. Look at what Spotify, Facebook, and Salesforce are doing. And so I, I think that um, being prepared for those cross-state line moves that used to be kind of a 1% to 5% of our traffic that now it's like 30 40 50% of our traffic. I think having that that resident centric ability to make informed decisions with high confidence it makes a ton of sense. Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. I was just going to actually echo um, the, the the points that you were making, Rob. I think the when we're thinking about it, like from from is this just a COVID thing or is this a long term thing? I think you know the cat's already out of the bag. Like consumer expectations, and Rob said a word, you know that phrase that I really like, like the consumer earthquake. I already happened. Like the expectations are completely different now. And Mike, when you were looking for that, you know, that rental property, I'm sure you're like, Hey, can I see a, some sort of virtual asset, something that gives me more confidence in this place that I'm moving to. Um, so that is the expectation. And um, we're seeing, you know, our, our partners are telling us that 80% of prospects, that's the first question they ask. Can I see a virtual tour? 
Um, so that, that expectation is there. And I think, you know, it's only going to stay there. So I, I am I'm assuming Rob, you wanted to pivot into the benefits for the company, not just the benefits for the resident, but I'm going to kind of lead you guys here and see if, if I'm onto something, uh, cause it's the second time we've ever talked. Like I talk to customers daily and, uh, have for about six years now that I've been in the industry and managing operating expenses is a huge driver for someone in third party management, an owner operator, or someone who's purely in asset management. And I'm assuming that you're able to figure out some operating leverage when it comes to managing price, uh, from a technology standpoint, as well as from a, hey, how to run your leasing cycle more efficiently. But I might be totally out of line in making that assumption. So I want to hear from you, like, what are some of those, you know, real, meaningful, maybe not even intuitive or obvious benefits to the actual company? Because as we're getting ready for, you know, reacceleration and a growth again as an industry, thinking about this could be really advantageous for lots of different companies out there. Yeah, definitely. So, I think this is the part that's really under talked about in the multifamily uh, space. So that's why I'm really excited to, to get to share some of our, our insights and some of these things that we, some of these things we actually expected, you know, when we, when we began peak and we went down this journey, some of them we actually learned from our customers. So these weren't even things that were top of mind when we first started, but first uh, for some context, I wanted to share that of, uh, especially when I'm talking to leasing professionals, maybe even more so than marketing professionals, the number one thing or, or pain point that comes up is time, time and inefficiency and, and the pain that that causes. And so, uh, as you can see, a lot of companies are, are evaluating things like chatbots, um, a number of other technologies. We talked a little bit about the ecosystem, which may seem like it's getting crowded at times. These are all things that are largely looking to solve that challenge. I actually got off the phone with a major uh, manager in the NMHC top 50. Um, and they were talking about some of the technology that they were using to, to kind of evaluate and, and uh, do analysis on their calls. So, you know, record calls and see you know, how the leasing managers were talking. So, so there's all these different approaches for how you can drive operational efficiency, but it seems like it's, you know, it, it may be the top thing. Um, now, here's what we learned about having virtual content. And this is probably a bit under talked about. So, virtual content, and in our case, 3D tour significantly uh, reduced the amount of time that a leasing office spends on doing uh, in-person walkthroughs. So essentially what happens when you have virtual content, you decrease the number of walkthroughs and you increase the conversion rate for a net gain. So if imagine if your conversion rate is 10% of when you have a walkthrough, you get a 10% chance of an application. Now those nine walkthroughs are wasting a lot of time and they have a low probability of success. And the, the thing with technology is that you can actually uh, really qualify that out. So when you show someone a 3D virtual tour, you're going to eliminate the, what we call like the just shoppers who aren't that serious. You're going to eliminate people that have very specific preferences, right? They might not like the way the kitchen finishes are. They might not like something very specific. So you actually don't want those people coming in. There is an opportunity cost. So with the virtual tours, we actually found, and we learned this from our customer, they said to us, look, when I show the virtual tour before the walkthrough, I have a 4X increase in conversion rate. So the net gains were very large in that they were able to do less appointments, but get more conversions and save so much time in the process. Okay. So let's double click on this one because we think through kind of category creation and I'm infatuated with this. If you've listened to any of my other podcasts, 
Oftentimes I reference companies like Drift or Qualtrics or HubSpot that have created a category and then doubled down on really transforming an industry by, by, if you will, I guess, shifting perception. And I think about what you're doing at peak and I think about even what we're doing at Rent Dynamics, and it's it's really focused on on improving the way that we can create a better resident experience through sales tactics, which isn't something that's talked about a ton. We talk about marketing, we talk about operations, we don't really talk about sales, even though that's a huge percentage of what we're after, like maximizing that prospect's few minutes of attention on my property so I can swiftly earn their their heart, their mind to really move them into a funnel. Have you guys gone down a path yet of creating a playbook or or having those best practices to be able to say, once you've gone through the tour, you get that that high intent lead. This is what you do next. This is what you lead with from a messaging standpoint. I think there's a a ton of opportunity and fun we could have here. But what's your your guys' read on the actual virtual leasing sale? opposite of the lengthy in-person sale. Yeah. So we actually, this is really, you know, top of mind. We, we have a, we have a customer um, that is very focused on adopting a new virtual leasing uh, process. And so they, they learned a lot from, from, you know, some of the, the onboardings that we did. And they asked us, can you, can you do a virtual leasing session at our conference, our internal conference? So we actually put together uh, fundamentals of virtual leasing. We do have a framework that we think is important that if you're going to adopt virtual leasing, but in terms of the actual tactics, so, you know, it starts off with inbound leads. Um, And again, like I said, some of these things we learned accidentally through our customers. So this is a great story I'll share with you. So we had a customer that during the pandemic, when it first started, this was back in March, they, they partnered with peak. They got virtual tours for every single unit and they actually uh, didn't have people coming into the building and they weren't allowed to, that was the, the building policy. So what they did was when they got an inbound lead, they would set up a Zoom meeting and they would walk the customer through the virtual tours over Zoom. So basically it's the marriage of the in, the, the human experience, right? The, all of the experience that your, your leasing professional brings to the table and technology. That month, in the month of May, 100% of their leases that were signed were done sight unseen over peak tours on Zoom. So really what we learned was this was an amazing tactic, right? And it's not just in the beginning, you know, putting virtual tours on your website. It's in the middle where you may even use this as a replacement, but then it's also after, like we talked about when people have seen the unit in person, you can send them this content that they can refer back to. Um, and then there's, you know, there's, there's, there's a future roadmap of where it goes from there, but that at a high level are some of these tactics that we've, we've learned. I think that's super cool. So let's fast forward like two, three, four, five years. Have have you and, and Chris, you've done this when you pioneered, you know, whole new market adoption for Uber. And I mean, Rob talking about Sales Navigator, that's one of the stickiest tools today in the modern B2B sales stack. Have you guys, as you guys look forward three, four or five years, um, arbitrary, let's call it 2025. What do you think the future looks like? Uh, not just in the industry, but specifically in disrupting and really transforming the the leasing experience. Yeah, I think I think it's really exciting. I think a lot of the stuff that Rob talked about about kind of the shifting consumer behaviors and expectations expectations that's going to be kind of the core focus of the way that technology moves in this in this process. I personally think that you know the days of kind of text and 2D photos that are 
you know, deceiving. I think that's going to go away slowly, but surely. I really do think that there's going to be a virtual first experience, especially when you look at all the developments uh, that are going on in, you know, VR and all these, these really cool things that are, you know, Apple's developing a headset now. Um, that's the way that we're going. We're going kind of 3D, 360 first, um, immersive virtual solutions where you can kind of understand the space without actually physically being there even more. Um, so as, as much of that, much, as much of the process that can happen on your couch that can happen on your couch is going to happen on your couch, right? Uh, I really do think that that's the future. And I think, you know, in three, three, four years, call it, we'll be there. It'll, it'll look completely different. That's cool. I mean, you have to assume that we're sitting in this like massive inflection point with enterprise technology. We're experiencing it in the multifamily space. And I think that a lot of the innovation today will be the table stakes of three, four or five years from now. And I think it's really cool to be sitting on the forefront today and to reflect in a couple of years uh, and really see what that looks like. It's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Rob, what do you think? Anything to add to Chris's take? Yeah, I mean, this just brings back my memories from from LinkedIn Sales Navigator, seeing how that that uh, that product developed. So basically, you know, essentially the reason Sales Navigator started was because the market was showing that cold calling was becoming increasingly inefficient. Right, people weren't picking up their phones as much, and and actually the the thing that was happening was consumer behavior. Uh, they were doing more research online, so they were less likely to call a sales rep. So the stat it was B two B stat, but it's very relevant here, which was that. Um, companies won't engage a B2B sales rep until they're 50% of the way through the buying process, right? So we're seeing a similarity here. So what it would be on the other side is having more insights about uh, prospective customers. You know, what are the, what data points and uh, what insights can we gather about them that, that show that they're, um, you know, a good, a good lead or a good target. So let's, now let's transfer this over to, uh, you know, virtual leasing. Imagine a world where, and we already are doing this to some extent with analytics, where we're telling you, uh, like we can tell you, and I'm sure other companies can tell you, um, how are your virtual content being engaged with? You know, what are the impressions? What are the, uh, the view, the, the timing of the views? But imagine a world where a leasing office can say, okay, I have 50 leads. Of these 50 leads, um, 10 of them, uh, you know, have looked at the tour in the last week, and then you could see within these 10, okay, this this particular, you know, you know. Jill, uh, Jill Johnson uh, viewed the tour five times in the last two days. They shared the tour with someone else and they specifically spent a lot of time on the barbecue pits. So think about as a leasing agent, instead of just kind of sitting on your hands and waiting for a reply, you can pick up the phone or you can reach out and, and you can tailor your whole uh, approach to the prospects that uh, are the most, are the best prospects. And you could even get to a point where you have something like a lead scoring, right? Based on how folks are engaging with your content. So that to me um, was what we were doing at LinkedIn. And I see a very exciting future. And I mean, everybody's going to win, right? So the leasing offices are going to win. They're going to be able to work more efficiently. They're going to have less, uh, maybe they'll have less battle scars and stories of talking about, you know, how leasing, uh, how residents drove them crazy or how they gave all of these useless, I shouldn't say useless, but all of these uh, at a very low probability of going to a next step. You know, it's really going to change everything for them, but and residents is going to be great too. So that's where I see it going. That's cool. I love that. I mean, I think this fits right into that conversation that technology doesn't need to replace people. It can complement people and, and prop them up. And you're both shaking your heads or nodding your heads. I'm, I'm sure this fits right into that. You know, maximize your time, focus on selling, 
focus on giving residents technology so that they can maybe not have to ask questions for things that can truly be solved online now. And all of a sudden, maybe we can have a positive impact on, on increasing the average time that someone wants to be a leasing agent, which would really help our customers that spend a lot of time hiring and ramping those frontline sales teams. Well, let's end with a fun one. And Chris, we'll go with you first, then Rob. Netflix, HBO, Peacock, there's so many streaming platforms. <laughs> I love Apple TV. Uh, is there a show that recently captured your attention that's been, that's been binge-worthy and, and worth talking about real quick? Oh, wow. Let me think. I did watch uh, recently on HBO, there was a show called The Undoing. I thought that was really good. I don't know about this one. It's it's a bit of a thriller. It's uh, it actually takes place on Long Island, not too far where where I'm from. Um, So that was a that was a nice touch. But it's definitely kind of one of those shows where you're like, okay, I just literally have to binge this whole thing. And, you know, stay up all night and watch this. It was it was that kind of show It was really exciting. So highly recommend it. That's cool. What about you, Rob? Oh, wow. Okay. So I actually, I don't watch, I don't really binge watch too many shows, but this was a special experience. I was recently in Mexico. And while I was there, I watched uh, a series called El Chapo, which is the story of uh, El Chapo. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I watched it in Spanish with, with English sub, but what, what, a, what an insane story. I, I didn't really know anything about him before, but it was everything. It was, you know, uh, it was funny. Um, you know, that one really stuck with me. That's cool. Well, I, uh, one of my last guests, Jake Zachariah goes by Jay-Z. He recommended Ted Lasso, uh, on Apple TV okay. and man alive. I did it in two days. Couldn't stop. That was, a, <laughs> that was like a really good heart, heartwarming, but also super fun. It was a, it was a great one. That was, <clears throat> that's my most recent one for sure. We'll have to check that one out. Well, hey, if someone wants to get in touch, whether it's learning more about the business, connecting with you personally, or maybe even someone that says, hey, I want to jump on the peak train and, and see if you guys could could hire me, what's the best way for someone to learn more about you both personally and to get in touch? Yeah, definitely. So I think we're always open to an email. So I'm Chris at peak.us and Rob is Rob at peak.us. We would love to uh, to chat with anyone that's that's really interested about anything in the virtual leasing space. So we're always available. Um, always open to hop on a call. And I'll, inc- I'll be sure to include your LinkedIn uh, profiles in both the show notes and the social posts we do to promote the episode. But uh, I really appreciate the time today, guys. It was great to connect. Thanks so much, Mike. This has been awesome. Thanks, Mike.